The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, equal housing lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Federal regulators are considering the first major overhaul of the Community Reinvestment Act in almost 30 years, and lenders are worried about what changes those regulators will make. This is The Principle. I'm Mike Savino, head of, the mul- head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network, and today I'm joined by editor Keith Griffin. Keith, thanks for joining me. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. So, Keith, uh, tell us a little bit more about these changes that could be coming to the Community Re- Reinvestment Act. What are regulators thinking about? Sure. Community Reinvestment Act requires banks currently to take their deposits, reinvest them back into community, make sure that the money's spread evenly, that's not all just going to rich areas. So what the proposed regulations want to do is expand that to non-banks that are in lending, for instance, mortgage companies. And that's what has mortgage bankers concerned is that they're going to be treated, treated the same as banks when it's not really a level playing field for how the way the proposal goes now. So they're just concerned that they're going to have to adopt all these new fiduciary standards that they've never had to deal with before, and it's going to cost them a lot of money. And and so why do they say that they shouldn't be treated with the same level playing field? Sure, because currently the Community Reinvestment Act relies a lot on the use of depositor funds and Mortgage banks don't have deposit funds. They don't really sit on a boatload of money like a a local savings bank would have. So they're just seeing increased expense and just really they don't won't have the same government benefits that banks do now and guarantees and things. And so they're just going to have to come up with money to make these investments. And so do they see like a middle ground or do they just think we're different? We are not, we don't have these government guarantees. We should be treated differently because of the way we operate. Exactly. Um, The MBA refers to it as a solution in search of a problem. And because the mortgage banks currently and the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau has admitted this, that the majority of Mortgage banks are already doing this. They're already reinvesting in the community because it's just good business for them. They're helping people get houses in low-income areas and in heavily minority neighborhoods. So why are regulators looking at some of these changes? Well, one of the big reasons is they want banks and non-banks to be treated equally. They figure any time that anybody's in the business of lending that it should be the same playing field. So that's that's one of the reasons. And it's just to have greater control because also as the Consumer Finance Bureau says, Protection Bureau says, this isn't just targeted at mortgage banks. It's at like small business lenders and 
anybody that lends money. So I think, I really think the mortgage banks just got caught up in it. Yesterday, you were down in New York for the uh, MBA uh, Secondary and Capital Markets Conference where Rohit Chopra, the director of the CFPB, talked with the MBA, some of their members, about their concerns and about these uh, proposed changes. What did he have to say to them in regards to their concerns and, and what the changes are supposed to do? It's interesting. He went in there, if I can be somewhat colloquial, colloquial he said he almost took like a slow your roll approach. To it, he said, it's not going to be as bad as they fear, and but they still fear it because it, you can't. What's the phrase? Like you can't put it back in. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube <laughs> once it's out. So that's that's really their concern that it's going to start and it's going to get bigger and it's going to grow and just more regulation. And the TFPB, Tropa said yesterday at the conference that it. It's not going to affect most of you, but they still represent all mortgage bankers, so they don't, they don't want affecting any of them if they can help it. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at OriginatorConnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. OriginatorConnect.com. So, you know, he's he's trying to make this this argument that it's not as bad as you think it is. You guys will be fine. I know he also made some comments about some of the things you're already doing or would would meet these rules. Was, was that enough to, to overcome those concerns? Does it seem like the NBA was coming around or do they still, to your point, are they still very much, we don't want this because it'll affect some of our members? It, I, I think um, NBA president uh, Bob Brooksnet was summed it up the uh, feelings when he said this is a a to be continued conversation is how he phrased it so nba isn't really willing to sit back and let it go and because they're also fighting it at the state level Um, states like new york illinois massachusetts have these laws that new york law actually goes into effect in november creating their own community reinvestment act laws and so they're they're also trying to, to stop that spread does that did did uh, chopra talk about that at all i mean how does that affect what regulators are trying to do the fact that some states are already doing this on their own well what he's trying to do is model what some of the states are doing so he says you know what illinois is doing isn't that bad so maybe we could adopt it he almost seemed like he wants to adopt the illinois model which i apologize i didn't get a chance to delve deep into the Illinois model, but he's really taking almost like, well, if there's no reason the states can't do it, and if the states are doing it, why can't the feds just expand it too? To the point of the NBA calling this an, an ongoing conversation, of course, even these these proposed guidelines, it's not as if they're going to go into effect tomorrow. I mean, give us a little bit of an idea of what the process is and, and what's going to happen from here. Sure. There's um, three agencies that put out these new proposed regulations beginning of May, around May 5th. The um, Federal Reserve Board, the FDIC, and the Office of the Comptroller of Currency have put out these regulations, and groups like the NBA and well, actually whomever have until about mid-August to uh, put out their statements for or against. 
So then once that happens, it'll go through review and the regulations will have to either get approved or not approved by the, uh, the policymakers. And NBA is a real strong lobbying voice. So if they're against it, which it seems like right now they're just really against it, I think it's going to be a struggle for these changes to be made without some compromises. Yeah, and certainly a lot of time for the NBA and these regulators to try to maybe find some middle ground there. It was interesting, though. I have to give uh, Chopra credit for showing up, especially because it, it's really a hot topic for the bankers. And the, the proposed regulations have only been out there for a couple of weeks. But he was willing to sit down and have the conversation. So I think it shows that, at least from my view, that he's, he's willing to compromise and negotiate. So I think what was proposed May 5th isn't going to be the final product. Certainly have to watch and see if there are any revisions made or, or what ultimately happens with this. Keith, thanks so much for breaking this down for us. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure being with you. And we'll have more headlines right after this word. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, May 17th. Speaking of the CFPB, the agency continues to monitor how well mortgage servicers are helping their customers. A new report from the Bureau details some of the ways services are falling short. Some of the biggest problems, customers had a hard time reaching someone at their servicer's call center, and many people got out of forbearance without a mitigation law solution in place. On a related note, the forbearance rate is down below 1% of all mortgages, the MBA says that unemployment remains low, meaning many borrowers are well-positioned to pay their loans. And finally, a majority of firms reported an overall increase in fraud over the last three years. LexisNexis Risk estimates that banks have to spend $5.34 for every dollar of fraud. Meanwhile, lenders spend $4.66. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All episodes are produced by T.G. Cotemporor and Matthew Mullins. Mike Savino is head of multimedia and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review so that others can find it. Thanks for listening.